Effective Living with Reverend Henry Hubert. May you be blessed as you listen. Now, the message. Lord, you Planting your life in the hands of Jesus. The, the main title is I will plant, I will build our harvest. We started looking at the fact that life is a seed. Everybody say life is a seed. And when you plant your life on good ground, it will become fruitful. And that the ground on which you plant any seed is very important to the fruits that you will harvest. And studying the Bible, especially from John chapter 15, we come to realize that that good ground on which we plant our lives is the hands of Jesus. It's Jesus himself. Jesus is that good, good, good ground. That when you come into relationship with him, your life will never be the same again. You become fruitful. He said, without me, you can do nothing. Even anyone who abides in me and I abide in him, in him will become fruitful. The person will bear much fruit. And then we've been looking at the big question, how do I plant my life in the hands of Jesus? We look at three important scriptures that is a part of the declarations for fruitfulness this year. The first one is make the word of God a standard for your life. According to Psalm 1, verse 1 to 3, it says, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and he meditates on it day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of waters, who bears its fruits in this season, whose leaf also will never wither, and whatsoever he is doing, shall prosper. So, making the word of God the standard for your life, you become like a tree planted by the rivers of water. And I talk about how it is important for all of us to develop strategy, to read the Bible, study the word of God, get the word of God into your, your spirit, have know the word, grow with the word, and practice the word of God. The second key to planting your life in the hands of Jesus is that you have to put your trust in the Lord. You put your trust in the Lord. Jeremiah 17, from verse 7, he said, Blessed is the man who put his trust in the Lord. Very, very important. The third key, which we are now on, is be committed to God's house. And we are, and we are reading from Psalm 92, from verse 13. He said, Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Somebody say, my life is planted in the house of the Lord. The Bible didn't say those who go to church or those who visit church. It said those who are planted in the house of the Lord. To be planted means to be fixed in a place of immobility, to be positioned, to be placed to be established at one place. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the course of our God. Verse 14. They shall still bear fruit in old age. May that be your story. That no age is too late for you. To keep being productive and to keep being relevant. That um, you will not expire. And they will not say, oh, he used to. You know, you will still be in the limelight to the day you leave this planet. That will be your story in Jesus' name. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall 
be fresh and flourish. Every time you see them, they have something new to show. That's what it means. Fresh and flourishing. Every time you see them, you never get used to them. They have something new to offer. So the key we are looking at now is how to be planted in the house of God. The last teaching I did, I spoke about the importance of the house of God. I took you through how this statement, the house of God, came about from the Old Testament until Jesus introduced a new word called church. Everybody say church. So in the Old Testament, it was the house of God. In the New Testament, Jesus introduced the word church. The first person to mention the word church was Jesus Christ. He said, I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Today, I want us to look at an important question. What is the purpose of the church? What is the purpose of the church? Why is it important to know the purpose of a church? Because when the purpose of a thing is not known, what happens? Abuse is inevitable. When you don't know the purpose of something, you abuse it or you misuse it. And today, it's sad to say that there's so much abuse in church. There's so much, you know, disorderliness and error in church because people don't know why the church exists. So I want us to read the book of Matthew 21 from verse 10. And when he had come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, who is this? So the multitude said, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. Then Jesus went into the temple of God and drove out all those who bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. So the Bible said Jesus entered Jerusalem and decided to go to the temple. And when he got to the temple, he was shocked that the temple has become something else that he never expected to see. Things that you don't expect to see in church, they were happening, and he was so shocked. And he wasn't only shocked, he was angry. He was angry. He was so angry, he couldn't control himself. He took up a whip. Another Bible version said he removed his sandals. I don't know whether he, maybe he did both. Sandal in left hand, whip on the right. And he started whipping people and driving them out. You can imagine one human being so mad that he drove everybody out. You know, and, and the Bible said there were three categories of people. The first category were people who were selling in the church. In the church, not outside the church. If, you, if somebody is selling drinks outside the church, after church, it's not wrong. But this thing was happening in the temple. People were selling. The, the church had become a, a marketplace. A marketplace. And some people too were buying. It had become Forex Bureau. Forex Bureau in the church. And Jesus said, what is this? When did my father's house become like this? The Bible said he drove them out, overturned the money tables. He said, get everything out of this place. This is not the purpose of the church. This is not the purpose of the temple. 
Then he said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer. That is what God said to the prophet Isaiah. My house shall be called a house of prayer. But he said, you have made it a den of thieves. In other words, it's a place where even thieves could easily run to hide. Maybe people stole things and brought you to the temple to sell. It has become a horrible place. There are many churches today when you go, God is not there. The practices and activities there can tell you God is not there. And when God is not there, your going there is a waste of time. You never get any benefits from God. There are churches you go, you never meet God because he's not there. Nothing will change in your life. All manner of acrimony and evil. The devil himself is ruling the church. And anywhere you go and you see such things happening, you know Satan is so excited. His goal is to take over every church. And I'll soon show you why. Satan's agenda is to take over every church, reduce it to, to the place of inactivity. Reduce the church to the place of inactivity. The church will become ineffective and irrelevant and powerless. That is what Satan always wants to do. But God is calling on us, we Christians, to study the Bible, to know why the church exists, so we can protect that purpose. And when we do that, the church becomes a place of blessing. A place of blessing. A place where children of God will come to church and be blessed and be affected and be transformed to become the true light of the world. All right. What is the purpose of the church? Seven important purposes of the church. The first one is worship. Second is evangelism. The third purpose is discipleship. The fourth purpose of the church is Warfare. The fifth purpose is ministry. The sixth is fellowship. And the last one is charity. Number one, worship. Worship means honor. Worship means honor God and give him glory and show gratitude to him for creating you, for making you unique, for all he has done in your life. That is the number one purpose of worship. God, since the beginning of the creation of God's house. The number one purpose has always been worship. Worship. God wants his church to be a place where his children come to worship him. Why is that important? Because worship helps you to always remember that you are human and God is God and you are human. That no matter where God lifts you to, no matter how far you go in life, you can always come back and look back at where he took you from. You look back at where he took you from. You remember the situation you have been before and how far he has brought you. And then you give him all the glory and you honor him. That is why it's important to, be, to come to church early and take part of the worship. It is not just a ceremonial ritual. It's an important spiritual practice that helps you to connect with God. Jesus said something in John chapter 4 from verse 23. But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. One thing you should never forget is that God is always looking for people who worship him. When God comes to church today, the first thing he's looking for, who came today to worship me? 
You worship him first before you make requests. God doesn't come looking for who has the biggest problem. He said the father is seeking. He is seeking. Me is searching through the congregation to see which people have decided to worship. And worship does not only mean honor. It means commitment of your life. You surrender your life to God. From now, I'm yours the remaining days of my life. I'll follow you. I'll serve you. I'll do whatever you say. I'll go wherever you go. All the remaining days of my life, my life is yours. That is worship. And we worship him with our songs, with our words, with our offerings, with our tithes, even with our services in church. It's all part of worship. Everything we do is part of worship. That is why it's important for every church to understand the place of worship in the church. Worship is not a minor thing in the church. It's the real thing in the church. Yeah, that's why music in church is very important because that is the live wire of the worship. Yes, music is very important. And good music is very, very, very important. And a church must invest money into the music to make sure that the worship in the church is very good and very excellent and very outstanding. The number two purpose of a church is evangelism. Evangelism. What is evangelism? Spreading the gospel to unbelievers. People who don't know Jesus. God established the church so that through the church, all unsaved people will hear the gospel. That means the church must be a place where people are always reaching out to the world. Reaching out in different ways. That's why we are on radio. Only God can count the number of people who have given their life to Christ since we went on radio. Even if it's only one person, it's worth it. It's worth it. The soul of one individual is more than all the riches in the world. That's why we have an evangelism team in the church. They go out every month. We have to have an evangelism team because if I said the whole church should come, some people wouldn't come. I mean, it's not important to them. That's why we encourage people to invite friends and family who are not believers to church. Every time you invite a friend to come to church or to come to miracle service, you invite a family member, somebody who doesn't know Christ, you are doing evangelism. And it's very important. The church has a role to make sure. So it means that in this community, for example, all the true churches in this community, we are responsible to making sure that every single unbeliever in Klagon hears the gospel. We are responsible. That is the purpose of evangelism. And sometimes evangelism can be costly. For example, going on radio is very costly. Not that it can be costly, it's costly. Hello? But it is part. Jesus said in Mark chapter 16, let's read Mark 16 from verse um, 15. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, everybody. Everybody, tell your tell everybody must hear the gospel. Everybody must hear the gospel. The rich, the poor, the old, the young, the great and small, the idol worshiper must hear the gospel. Because it is the good news. Yeah. Verse 16. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned. 
So Jesus is suggesting some people who hear the gospel, they will not believe. But our duty is to just make sure they hear it. They hear the gospel. They hear the gospel. They must hear the gospel. First, first Timothy chapter 2 verse 4. It says, it is not the will of God that any human being should perish. He said, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. The knowledge of the truth is the gospel. Hello? He said, who desires all men to be saved? Your relatives, your friends, your co-tenants, your landlord, everybody, all of them must be saved. That's the one of the purpose of the church. Number three purpose of the church is discipleship. What is discipleship? Discipleship means when people give their lives to Jesus, they need to be taught the word of God so they can grow and mature to become like Christ. A disciple is a student. A disciple is a learner or a follower of a particular religious persuasion. That is a disciple. So when we talk about discipleship, we are talking about the fact that the church must be a place of teaching people the word of God so that they can become independently matured. So God's desire is that every Christian must know the word of God, must be knowledgeable. Yeah, and it depends on the good teaching of the word. So when we come to church and I'm teaching like this, it is because that is one of the purposes of the church, that you should not continue to be ignorant because it is dangerous to be a Christian and be ignorant. It is dangerous to be a believer and be ignorant. It's very dangerous. Yeah, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. That is what the Bible said. Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. So your freedom is as, is as real as knowing the truth. Your freedom depends on how much of the truth you know. And so teaching of the word consistently is very, very important. You know, uh, Ephesians chapter 4, Ephesians chapter 4, is that, and he gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. You know, you know, in the Old Testament, men of God, all men of God were prophets. All men of God in the Old Testament were called prophets. And so in the, if you hear the word prophet in the Old Testament, it simply means somebody called by God to stand between God and the people, to speak for God, and to intercede for the people. Not all of them prophesied. Some were great teachers. Some were great leaders. But they were all called prophets or men of God. But the Bible said in the New Testament, Jesus categorized offices, five offices. So in the New Testament, when they say somebody is a man of God, he is either an apostle or a prophet or an evangelist or a pastor or a teacher. Now, these five offices are functions. Functions. They are not authority structures. They are functions. Any man of God will function in one of these offices. None is greater than the other. In other words, apostle is not greater than an evangelist. Are you hearing me? Yes. It is an issue of function and ranking. You can meet a pastor who bears his ranking with God. You know, has a lot of 
apostles working under him. <laughs> like Pastor Adeboe. When you meet Pastor Adeboe, you know you have met one of the human beings on this planet who has authority with God. But he's a pastor. He is a pastor. It is not an authority. It is function. Whether somebody is an apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist, they have one specific assignment. Let me show you. Verse 12. For the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. So these five offices have a specific role to equip people, to equip the saints. When you say saints, it means all believers. All believers. To equip them. How do you equip people? Through knowledge. Through knowledge. Teaching them to become effective ministers of God. Number two, for the edifying of the body. To edify means to build up, to charge up. The word edify is the, the word from which we have edifice, which means building. To edify somebody means to build a person up. That means people come to church broken in pieces, but the work of the minister of God is to put the missing pieces together, build people's lives up. That's why no matter how somebody goes to church, if the church is a good church, over time, the testimonies will show that this person is going to church and that the word of God is transforming the person's life. For the edifying of the body of Christ, verse 13, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. You know, this work of the New Testament minister of the gospel is to bring everybody. So a time has come where every one of us here, our faith to be at that level. The unity of the faith. Because when people are well equipped, they don't fear anymore. If you meet any Christian who is scared, he's ignorant. And he's not going to a good church. You meet a Christian who is bold, who is confident, who knows his left from his, his right, who knows where he's going in life, who is sure about tomorrow, who has hopes about the future. That is the purpose of the church. That is the purpose of the church. Till we all come to the, knowledge of, to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man. The reason why we keep studying the word of God every because there's a place of perfection that God wants to bring us to. And so leave somebody alone when you realize there's a problem with him. That's none of your business. If people come to church with all manner of issues with their life, leave them alone because God is working on them with his word. Leave them alone. It's none of your business. God didn't bring you to church to come and judge people. Mind your own business. Yeah, you are not a referee. You are not a referee in church. You know, God over time uses his word until we come to the place of, to the perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. You know what it means? This Bible is saying that people can be equipped to the place where they can function like, exactly like Jesus. Wow. Wow. They can, they can function exactly like Jesus. You know, the way Jesus lived his life, we are supposed to live like that. In fact, some people were nicknamed Christians because the worldly people looked at them and said, these people are just like Christ. That is the purpose of the church. Teaching people the word of God. Teaching the word over and over and over. I like verse 14. He said that we should no longer be children. 
Yeah, because when you see somebody who's born again for five years, he still doesn't know how to pray. You know, you are dealing with a child. He doesn't know the Bible at all. In fact, he doesn't know where Luke is. If he's open to the book of Matthew, he will go to the table of contents to go and look for it. So such people, when he goes to a prayer camp and they said, you need a bath, spiritual bath, prophetic bath. She said, okay. She said, okay. She will say, okay. Because she doesn't know. The prophet said, this is very important. If I don't do this for you, you're going to die. You're going to die. And she's ready to do it. Till we no longer be children tossed to and fro. Yeah. If you are a child in the Lord, the wind of the devil will blow you up and down. Tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. And the most annoying one, by the trickery of men. I love the Bible, though. You see, it says that there are churches you go, you see tricks. Do you understand what I'm saying? Tricks. Tricks to deceive you. You know, there are some churches when you go, you see, it's all deception. The whole system is structured to keep people deceived and so that they can be defrauded. Even testimonies are planned, are planned to advertise products which you need to buy. Only that your own, when you buy, it doesn't work. Yeah, but the trickery of men and in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. You see, a lot of deception is all around us. That's why it's very dangerous to give your life to Jesus and be ignorant. You will be so deceived, you will be so messed up, and the sad thing, you will not even know. You will not even know. So the purpose of the church is to teach Christians to become, you know, matured and independent. It's not everything you have to run to your pastor. There are issues pastor must deal with. There are issues you must know how to deal with. You, yes, you must know the Bible for yourself. You must know how to pray. You must know how to pray. You must know how to take charge of your destiny. You cannot um, surrender your destiny to a pastor. It's dangerous. Pastor is a human being. I can be tired. I can be sick. What if you call him? my phone is off? What are you going to do? You need to know how to say, Satan, I am the one in charge here. And I command you in the name of Jesus. Get out of my house. Yes, you need to do that. When you make a human being called prophet, you know, because some people, your God is a prophet. What if that prophet dies? Recently, I asked a friend of mine, I said, so where are you going now? Because where you used to go, the prophet has died. That is not Christianity. I am not again. Listen, men of God are very important. But to the extent that you can't be responsible for your relationship with God, for dealing with your life issues, it's dangerous. It's dangerous. You must know the Bible to the point where one day if I come here and I say, look, I had a revelation from God. And this revelation is so powerful, nobody should question it. I have a revelation. In fact, it's not even in the Bible. But we are going to do it. And then I come and I said, the revelation I have is that, uh, what should I say? I don't even know. <laughs> you know, there's this, there's this anointed man of God who went, to, who went to church one day and told all his members to drink poison, and everybody drank it. That is how ignorance can make Christians stupid. That is how ignorance can make Christians very stupid. And they all drank it and died. He himself also drank it. He himself drank it. If somebody has his own frustration, is tired of life, he wants to die. 
Let him die alone. But for you to allow him to drag you into his frustration, that's ignorant. Fourth is warfare. The fourth purpose of the church is warfare. What is warfare? Warfare simply means that God established, Jesus established the church to take over every community from the control of Satan. Every community you go, there is a principality that rules the community. And that principality controls how people behave in that community and what kind of life they live and what is permitted to happen and what is not permitted. One of the reasons why Jesus established the church is that every church in every community must make sure that whatever demonic princes and principalities exist in the community should not have their way to continue to hold people bound, destroy destinies, destroy society, and destroy humanity. That's what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. He said, upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. In other words, I will establish my church, and the church will defeat the gates of hell. So God desires that his kingdom should be established in every community. Through the church. His kingdom should be established in every family through the church. There are some families when you go, the devil has taken over because there are no children of God there. Even if they are there, they are in bondage. Yeah, Jesus said, when you are praying, pray that your kingdom come. That is warfare. Establishing the kingdom of God on the earth, making sure demonic activity stop, and that the plan of God, the purpose of God, will be fulfilled in the lives of people. That is the purpose of the church. Contending against the power. That is why if God hasn't called you to be a pastor, don't try it. Listen, pastoring is not what I'm doing now. Looking very nice and saying nice things. This is not, that's, this is not, any of you can do what I'm doing now. Any of you. But pastoring goes beyond that. Pastor, you're not standing on the please, please, and saying nice things. Pastoring is ability to withstand demonic powers, demonic princes, demonic forces in every community. That is pastoring. So for you to build a church, for the church to thrive and fulfill its purpose, you must have the ability given to you by God and the knowledge and the grace of God to be able to withstand demonic powers and battle the... Because you see, the reason because... Listen... Satan's number one worry on earth is the church. Satan's only concern on the earth today is the church. Satan is not bothered, bothered about government because he's already ruling government. Oh, yes. You never know until you know. There's no government that's not ruled by the devil. Satan's greatest worry is the church because only the church can stop him from doing what he wants to do. Yeah, only the church can stop him from destroying innocent lives. Only the church can stop the devil from holding people bound in idol worship, in alcoholism, in drug addiction. Even prisons can change criminals. Have you seen anybody come out from prison and changed? Anybody who got to prison and got changed met Jesus in the prison, which is the work of the church. Prisons don't change criminals. They come back the same. But let a criminal come to church and receive Jesus. And suddenly, a change takes place in his life. Yeah, a change takes place. A changing of character, a change of behavior, a change in his heart. So 
Satan's greatest worry is the church. How can I stop the church? How can I destroy the church? That is why every good church, Satan has his people there. Every church, good church, Satan has his people there. Working around the clock for him. Because he's too bothered about the church. He's too concerned. Listen, when the principalities in this community meet, the number one concern is the churches, the good ones, and the men of God who are troubling them. Men of God whose prayer is troubling them. Every time they are planning, scheming, how to destroy one, one man of God or another. That's why sometimes you hear things about men of God. Where a man of God has fallen, slept with a girl. That girl was an, uh, Satan's daughter. They come to church for you. You are a pastor. They come for you. She comes to sit and say, ah, yes, I came for you. You hear things about pastors. And the pastor was very, very good, very anointed. The next time you heard, he's run away from the place. Recently, I mean, a very young, dynamic guy that I was so happy for him, what he was doing in, in a place I used to go and do programs. Oh, the next time I asked, he has run away. And who did it? A girl. Which girl? Satan's girl. Not everybody who goes to church goes to worship. Some go to work for the devil. They are the ones who create confusion, to create problems in the church. They are the ones who speak evil of the pastor. Listen, anybody who consistently speaks evil of the pastor is on an agenda. The agenda is to destroy the reputation of the pastor. Because if all of you lose respect for me, you will never believe anything I tell you. And if you don't believe anything I tell you, I cannot help you. I cannot minister to you effectively. If you believe, if you doubt me. So they come to poison your mind to cast dust on my reputation so that you begin to see me as an evil person so that I cannot help you. And they are in every church, including this church. They are everywhere. All of them didn't come to church today. Say amen to that. Because they know I'll be preaching about them. They didn't come. There are demonic people in churches. They create problems. They enter departments, confusion. They go every place, create chaos. You see, but Jesus said, by their fruits, you will know them. If you have the spirit of God, the fruits you bear will show. Yeah, the spirit of God has fruits, love, joy, peace, gentleness, faithfulness, long-suffering, patience. That is the fruit of the spirit. Every day you are gossiping about people. Only people's issues is what you, you, you know, that's all. As if you, you don't have any issue. As for you, you never get up one day to think about yourself. Every day you have something to say about somebody. What is wrong with you? Look, we all have issues. Let's stop pretending. We all have issues. Me, I'm not a perfect person. Anytime I wake up, I take my Bible. I'm thinking about what next I can do to improve on myself, my character, and my ministry. I am not a personal policeman of any church member here. I am not the personal Holy Spirit of anybody here. So I don't care what you do out there. I will teach you the right thing. If you decide you will not do it, there's nothing I can do about it. There's nothing I can do about it. I have to teach you, you know, but, you know, and this person is doing this, this guy is chasing this, and this one has, he has impregnated somebody, this one has beat his wife, this one has done this, and every day, you Everybody in the chair, you are, you might, and there are people, eh? 1,000 good things you do, they don't care. I mean, if you want to really talk and be fair, say something good also the day the person does good things. That's how to be fair. 
but they are waiting. They, they will never talk the day you do a good thing. They are waiting the day you do Hey, they take their phone. Hey, do you know what has happened again? <laughs> there are people, they are excited to hear bad things about people. They are excited to hear bad things about Do you know that brother in the corner? He has, he has left his wife. You know what they say? Bad news travel faster than good news. It's because of people like that. Yeah. But why, why don't we become ambassadors of good news? Why don't we decide that we'll only talk good about people? Yeah. I mean, there are good things about everybody. If you don't have good things to say about somebody, oh, then you're going to keep quiet. Keep quiet. Then fourth purpose of the church is welfare. We're pushing the kingdom of darkness. We're dealing with principalities and powers. Every intercessor close to me knows how much prayer goes into making this church what it is. You come here sitting nicely looking. You don't know when I woke up to pray. It's not my nice looking that makes blesses you. If I wasn't dressed now, I would still have blessed you. When did I wake up? How many hours of prayer did I do this week? You know, listen, this church work is a spiritual thing. It's more than what you see. You know, you walk from your home, enter here. You know, some people, by the time they hit there, car park, they are looking for something to complain about. They have made themselves overseers. Meanwhile, they can't even manage their own house or manage a small shop. You can't manage your life. You want to come and oversee church. Every time you are complaining about church and talking as if, you know, everybody here is, not, is, is stupid. The pastor himself has lost his mind. But hey, church is a, is a spiritual work. Contending with demonic forces. Contending, even you yourself, the powers fighting you can't touch you because of the church. The prayer of the church, the prayer of the man of God. That is the reason why, despite all the powers that want to fight you, you are still prospering, you will continue to prosper. Yeah. You know, the whole of, uh, was it last week or last two weeks? I've been leading the church to pray against death. death. You have no idea what I saw, which will never happen. Why should it happen? It will not happen. I only said one stubborn person is going to suffer. I said that, that one. Stubbornness has its own consequences. That, what, what can you do about it? So, four purposes of the church. Number one is, number one is what? Take it off the screen. Worship. Number two, evangelism. Number three, discipleship. Number four, okay. When purpose of a thing is not known, abuse is inevitable. We... We believe in God to build a church that will glorify God. A church that will be a, a place where Jesus can always come in and be a blessing. Yeah, I pray over your life that your presence in this church will continue to move your life forward and increase you day by day. This month, I pray that you will, you will have your own testimony. In the name of Jesus. I declare that anything that is not good and perfect will not come to you. It is not your portion. In the name of Jesus, the Lord favor and bless you. The Lord prosper and increase you. The Lord remember you. I feel like God is remembering somebody today. God is giving you attention. God is giving somebody divine attention. This man, by the end of... Um, this week, somebody here about to have a big testimony. I can feel it. I can feel it in my spirit. You're about to have a big testimony. In Jesus' name, amen.
hope you've been blessed by today's message. You can contact Reverend Hubert on 030-340-7970 or 024-33-11201. Remain blessed.